All right, so like Joseph said, we are getting ready to continue our week two of represent. Uh, get so, yeah, no, shout it out, represent. So, so hey, so the whole point of this series, we kind of talked about it last week, but the whole point of this series is to kind of continue uh, what we talked about on Takeover Night. And so I told you guys, Takeover Night was an, uh, just a time to light a fire under you. Like, I want to get you going. Like, I want to set the precedence for the rest of this school year that you don't need to hide under a rock. Like, you don't need to be scared because you're a believer, okay? I've had some of you tell me before, you know, Adam, it's hard when I'm at school. You know, people say, oh, yeah, you're a Christian. You're one of those people. Oh, you probably don't want to come hang out with us. You don't want to do this. And you get labeled because you're a believer. And so what I want to do this year is to light a fire under you so you don't feel that fear of what it means to, to be a follower of Christ. That you don't sit there and you don't worry what other people think because you're a believer. We've talked about before that culture puts Christianity in a box, right? Like we've talked about the fact like all over the news, you always see that, that, uh, that, uh, that Christians get, get centered around like Westboro Baptist Church. Like when people think of Christians, that's what they think about. Oh, you're the ones holding the pickets. You're the ones holding the sign. You're the ones that tell people that they're condemned to hell. That's who you are, okay? That's what a Christian is. We're put into that box, right? That's what we're labeled as. And so what we have to do as believers is we need to find a way to represent ourselves. And we need to find a way to believe what it means to have a representation of what that is. And that's the challenge that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys this year. And that's the challenge that we're looking at this month. What do you represent? Right? Like, that's the question that I want you to ask yourself. I want you to look at yourself and say, what is it deep down inside of me? What do I represent? What is it that I stick to? What is it that I believe? What is it that, that people associate me with? So if you looked at your life, and you could write down right now, what is it that people would, would associate you with? What would they say you represent? What would they say that, that you are? So last week we opened it up, and what we did is we kind of talked about the fact of who we are and what we represent. So the question that we asked you guys is, do you live a self-centered life, which means it's about you, that you live to please yourself, or do you live a Christ-centered life? Do you live a, a, live a life that surrounds yourself around God. And what we did is we had three questions that you had to look at to kind of help you answer that, kind of help you figure out what is it that I am? Who am I as a believer? The first thing that we said to you guys is, are you willing, right? We said, are you willing to follow Christ? Are you willing to do what it means to follow Christ? The second thing, as I told you, it sounds like we're in a yoga class, like we're out there doing some crazy yoga, like, are you centered, right? Are you centered? But are you centered around Christ? Is your life centered around Christ? And then the last thing I said is, are you focused? Are you focused on Christ? Are you focused on what it takes to be a follower? Are you focused on what it takes to be a believer? And that we said all those things, what they said, they come down to is that our actions speak louder than our words. That we can say all we want. We can say all these things. You can go to school and say, hey guys, I'm a believer. Like I love Jesus. Like I'm in here singing on a Wednesday night. Like I love you. My hands raised. Thursday morning comes. People have no idea that you got Christ inside you right? Like, I know there's times, don't, and look, I've done the same thing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sure you've done the same thing. You're in here raising your, your, you know, life's getting to you. You're crying. You're upset. Thursday morning comes, you're like back to being a heathen, right? Like people can't even tell that you're of Christ. And that's what we're looking at that we're represent that by. But you know, representing what it means to represent something. One thing that we have to do is you guys, you can't allow culture to define you, right? Like you can't allow culture to tell you how to be. You can't allow culture to tell you who you should represent. 
Because who is culture? And when I say culture, what I mean by that is the people that you associate with, the people that you're around, the people that you see every single day, the people that you work with, the friends that you have. You can't allow those people to say who you are. You can't allow those people to to choose who you are. So when we do that, when we allow culture to tell us how to act, when we allow culture to tell us how we should speak and the things that we should do, we've already made up our minds who we represent. We represent culture because we allow culture to tell us who it is. You know, when I was in high school, you know, I was, uh, I was a little hoodlum, okay? I'm not going to lie to you. I lived in Okinawa, Japan. Those of you that don't know, that's where I spent my high school days, okay? I was over in Japan, a little bitty island off the main coast of Japan, okay? It was called Okinawa. Okinawa, Japan, there was really nothing you could do except hang out on the base, okay? There was nothing to do. Here's the other thing with that. Guys, there's nowhere to shop, okay? Like, Japanese people are real small, okay? So, like, people like me, I can't shop where they shop, okay? I got to shop on the BX. The BX was what they called a base exchange, okay? Like, there was nothing in there except clothes. It was like a, there was like, there was like electronic section. There was toys. There was, like, all this stuff. It was just kind of like a mini Walmart without the food, okay? So, it had all this stuff everywhere. It really didn't have a lot of choices on what you could wear, okay? So, we, this was back in the day. Look, when I was in high school, the internet had just started, okay? Like, I had an email... Uh, that had just, I didn't even know how to use it. Like, I had one because I thought you were supposed to have one. I'm talking like, this was back in the day with AOL. Like, you had to wait to connect. Like, you got to hear that sign. Like, you got to sit there and watch. Some of you guys have no idea what I'm even talking about, okay? That's how you used to have to connect, right? Like, you had to connect through a phone, doing through internet. So we couldn't order clothes like you guys can. Like, y'all can go on Amazon. You can go to your favorite site. You can go to your favorite store. You can click on what you want. It's there, like, two days later, okay? So if you want a new pair of shoes, you're like, oh, I like those. I don't got to go to the store. I'll get them sent to me. We didn't have that stuff. We had to go shop off what was called Gate 2 Street, okay? It sounds like you were about to go out looking for drugs, okay? That's not what it was. It was called Gate 2 Street, okay? It was one of the gates. There was five different gates on the base. One of the gates, Gate 2, had all of these shopping centers. I mean, everything. The thing was is that in Japan, we were kind of behind the times, okay? So when I say behind the times, it really wasn't the same thing. Like, when I left the States to go to Japan, it felt like I had gone back in time. Like, I had gone back 10 years, okay? They were stuck on gangster clothes. That's all they had. I'm talking like, I'm talking like FUBU, which some of y'all have no idea what that is. I'm talking like Echo Wear. I'm talking Pelly Pelly. I'm talking like, I'm talking like Sean, like all, Sean John. Like some of y'all have no, Adam, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I, that's what it was, okay? Pretty much it was baggy clothes, all these things. And that's, that's who I was. That, Cause that was the only thing we had to buy, okay? I was a gangster. I've even, I've told you guys before, nobody will ever own this picture. But I said, you know what? I'll be nice. I'll show it to you guys. You can see I was a gangster, all right? Like, I was legit. Don't, don't laugh. I had the bling bling, okay? I had, I had, the, I had the everything going for me, all right? I had the chains. Guys, I'm wearing three chains, by the way, okay? Three of them. You can't see the pants, but I never washed my pants. They only could be dry clean, okay? It destroyed the denim. It destroyed the look of it. Like, they were pretty. Not only that, but all of my shoes match what I wore. Every single morning, I get up and change my laces, Okay, that's who I was. I was not a frat boy. Okay, I was a gangster, straight up. This is what I was. Like, I was. Like, nobody, was, nobody messed with me because I had street cred, okay? That's who I was back then. The other thing is, what you guys will laugh, is I, wore, I had a do-rag in my pocket all the time. A do-rag is made to keep your waves right. I don't have waves, guys. I'm a white guy, okay? I don't have that. I had the bowl cut down the middle. I just kept the do-rag in my back pocket because I thought it was cool. Like, it would just hang out. Like, I thought that's who I was. I just said, hey... I'm just going to make this way and look like this. But that's who I was when I lived in Japan. That's the only thing that I had because there was nothing else that I could do. There was nothing else to buy. I allowed culture to represent me. The worst part, guys, 
was when I moved to the States, I was st- when I moved back after I graduated high school, I'm still kind of stuck back how I was. I decided when I moved out, the first thing I do is I'm going to go get my ears pierced. Like my dad wouldn't like, you guys got to understand, my dad is not only a, uh, a chaplain in the Air Force, but he was an old Southern Baptist preacher. Okay, like me getting earrings was a no-go. Okay, but I did it right away because I needed to wear diamond studded earrings. Guys, I had diamonds in, no joke this big. I'm not even kidding you. I will not show you pictures of that. I will not show you pictures of that. I do. I have, I have piercings in. They were huge, okay? I had, they, they were legit, all right? They looked like they were real diamonds. They really weren't. I got them from Walmart. They just looked like they were cool. But I wore them all the time. But that's what I allowed. That's the only thing I knew, okay? That's the only thing I knew of. So I allowed culture. I allowed who I was to, 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 to represent me, to choose who I was. See, guys, who you represent, what you are, is something that you need to hold a big deal to. Like, you need to treat it as a big deal. What you represent, that shows who you are, right? Your representation proves who you are to culture. It proves who you are to your friends, to your family, the people that you go to school with that you don't even know that judge you just by the way the things that they see you do or the things that they see you say. That's all it is. So you need to hold close to what you represent. You need to hold close to what you feel like, this is who I am. The definition, I wrote this down, of of what representing is or what it means to rep something. It says this. Here's what it's defined by. It says, being entitled or appointed to act or speak for someone. So so you're being allowed. You're being appointed. You're entitled to act and speak for someone. So when you see that, your representation is a direct reflection of who you are inside. What you represent is a direct reflection of who you are inside. So what people see on the outside, what they see you do is who they associate you with. We talked about it last week. We said, hey, your actions speak louder than your words. You can say all you want that you're a believer. You can say all you want that, that you love Christ, that you have all these things, that, 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 you, that you just want to show God the world. But guess what, guys? If you don't live it, if you're not doing that every single day, people aren't going to believe you. People don't see you as that. They don't associate you as a believer. So here's the thing, guys. If if that's what it means to represent, if that's the definition of represent, it means that we're entitled to speak or act for someone, why would we not want to live our lives representing Christ every single day? Why would we not want to associate our lives with Christ every single day? And when I say that, when you're entitled to act and speak for God, like God wants followers, God wants us to, to, to bring him to the world, to show him to the world. So why do we not do that? Why do we not spend our entire lives in every decision we make, and everything we do, trying to represent Christ. So when we look at these things too, it's not easy, right? Like it's not easy to rep Christ. It's not easy to, to represent who he is. I know we all have moments where we fall short. I'm sure right now you can already think of a time today where you're like, nobody saw Jesus in me today. Okay, like I had something go on. It was a bad day. Like I just like people did not know who they thought looked at me and said, that man has no idea who Jesus is, right? Like we have those days. I'm sure some of you said, Adam, that was me an hour ago. Okay. Like my little brother, little sister, like I was about to send them to heaven. Okay. Like they were driving me nuts, right? There, there was no Jesus inside of me whatsoever, but we all have our moments. We mean well, but sometimes we, we represent something different. We represent something wrong. You know, this happened to me several years ago, my beautiful wife, before we were married, She's very good, guys. Her, her gifting, as some of you know, is giving, right? That's, the, that's, her, that's her love language. Like, she loves to give gifts. This woman can't even wait until your birthday or Christmas. Like, it's, it's no joke. Like, my birthday's in February. Guys, it's like 
January 5th, and she's like, can I give you a birthday gift? Baby, it's like two and a half months. Like Christmas, October comes. Hey, it's starting to get cold out. I got your Christmas gift already. Can I give it to you? That's who she is. Like, she just gets excited. She's got, she's laughing right now because she knows it's true. Like, she can't go, she, and what's really bad is she's so mean about it because she's like, hey, you want to open your gift? But you want, like, she'll pick at you, like, hey, you want, it's a really good gift. You want it? Like, you want to open it? Like, your birthday's not for two more weeks. I know you'll want to use it today. Like, you'll want to. So, several years ago, okay, Emily's really good about remembering things, right? Like, if you, if I go through a store, I'm, I'm an impulsive buyer, okay? Like, I enjoy walking through Best Buy just to dream of the things that I can have, okay? Like, I'll walk through and I'll say, I want that TV, I want that video game system, I want that camera. Like, I'll walk through and wish things. Well, Emily makes a mental note. When you say you want something, she, like, makes this mental note of it and remembers. Well, several years ago, this was, like, in our first or second year of dating, I really, really, really wanted this, like, head, these pair of headphones that were meant for running. They were waterproof. Uh, you could wear them when you ran. They never came out. They stayed in your ears. I really wanted this pair of headphones. Well, how many of you are impulsive buyers? Like, when you have the money for it, like, you don't think about what you need to do. You just say, I'm ready for it. Like, I got the money. I might as well spend it. The half of y'all in here that don't have your hand raised are liars because you're teenagers. And the moment you have money, you don't think about what you want. You say, hey, I want to buy that now. Okay, that's who I was. Unfortunately, you need to hear from me now. It'll bite you in the butt. Like straight up, especially when it's close to your birthday, okay? So I wanted this pair of headphones, okay? So I get some birthday money. I get it early. My, the day of my birthday, I get up that morning. I have birthday money. I'm like, I'm ready for these headphones. I see that I get some random email from Amazon that they've got them on sale. I'm like, oh, my goodness, they're $50 cheaper. I'm just going to go ahead and buy them. So I decided myself, I'm going to go ahead and buy these headphones. I'm excited. I want them now. Like, I want to, I'm ready to get them. I want to get them shipped to me. So I buy them. I didn't say anything about it. I'm excited. That night, I had a birthday dinner that Emily had set up with our friends, our family. So we went out to dinner. We hung out. So we're there. So we get ready to start opening gifts. I'm sure you guys know where this is going. Okay, so we get ready to open gifts. And, of course, Emily's pumped, right? Like, Emily's been trying to get me to open this gift for days. And I'm like, no, I'm going to wait till my birthday. I'm going to wait till everybody else is around. So we get, I get to the other gifts. Hers is last, of course, so I'm waiting. I open the gift, and lo and behold, guess what I see? The headphones that I had already bought that morning. I'm a really bad liar when it comes to, like, acting surprised. Like, if, there, if I know something's coming... Like, I try so hard, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got me these headphones. I'm so excited. Like, I really wanted these, and I want these so bad. And I played it off for probably a good five or ten minutes. And we're done opening gifts, and she's like, babe, what's wrong? Did you not, did you not like your gift? Like, I was so excited. I know you wanted them. Like, I've had these for weeks. I wanted these so bad. I'm like, yeah, I loved, I loved them. I can't wait to use them. I'm so pumped. You're lying. What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm so tired. You know, it's late. I'm getting older. I'm just, I'm ready to go home. She's like, no, really, like something's going on. What's, what's wrong? And I'm like, so I may, I may or may not have bought those headphones this morning. Like I didn't, I didn't think you were gonna buy them. Like, babe, they were like a hundred something dollars. Guys, that woman had no Jesus in her at that point in time. Like, they're like literally like hell was coming from her eyes fire brimstone like she was mad like she was looking at me like okay okay that's all she was saying I'm like babe it's okay i'll take i'll take mine back like it's good no it's fine it's good i'm like but it really is fine she's like so you went and bought yourself a gift on your birthday instead of somebody else wanting some you decided to go ahead and buy it for yourself and i'm like wait it, it didn't really work I, I, it was on sale and so I was excited. 
She wasn't excited. But see, I took her joy away because she was ready to give me a gift. She took it away. So, guys, that I'm telling you that, too, guys that are in here, if you're, you're dating somebody or when you do date somebody, be very careful buying yourself a gift before it happens. It'll come back to bite you in the butt, okay? I'm very bad about it. Very, very bad about it. But here's the thing. I had, I had good intentions, right? Like, I didn't think about it. I had the money for it. I'm an impulsive buyer. But you know what? By that action... Because I did that, what I ended up rep- representing myself as was a selfish jerk, okay? And Emily knows I'm not a selfish jerk. She knows it's not about me. But in that moment, that's what she thought. That whole ride home, that's what she thought. That conversation we had on the way home, that's what she thought, okay? She believed that I was legitimately a jerk, biggest jerk in the world. I'm thinking, like, our relationship is done. Like, it is, we, people are going to say, so why'd you break up with that pretty girl? She broke up with me over a pair of headphones. Like, that's what I was, th- that's how mad she was. I was like, guys, this relationship ain't going to last. Like, I'm in trouble. Like, she's, she's coming down. But here's the thing, guys, is that when you make a choice, when you do things, it, it, it's a representation of who you are. Whether you mean well or not, it's a representation of who you are. So, guys, there are going to be times that you mess up. There's times that you say something wrong. There's times that you associate with things yourselves you shouldn't have. There's times that you say things that you shouldn't have. There's times that you, you post things that you shouldn't have, that you do all these things. And, guys, it's a representation of who you are. You know, in Colossians, it actually tells us that we need to obey what Jesus says because because it is a representation. Here's what it says. It's Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, Everything that you do or say should be done to obey Jesus your Lord. In all that you do, give thanks to the Lord the Father through, de- through Jesus. So what that means, guys, when you see that everything that you do, even to the smallest of details, is a direct representation of who you are. What that means is, is guys, what you say is a representation of who you are. And here's the thing. When I say that, when I'm like, hey, when you say don't be, don't, don't curse, don't say these things, don't say vulgar, it's not just the words that you use. They're meaningful words. Guys, it's how you say things. It's how you talk to people. If you're always negative all the time and you say things that, that are uncalled for or rude to people or when people try to lift you up and you respond in a negative fashion, that's a representation of who you are. People say that's a negative person. That person's negative because every time I try to talk to them, that's who they are. They're negative, right? So that's what they do. It's also, guys, it's who you're with. Who do you spend your time around? We always talk about the fact that I told you all in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 is my favorite verse, is that if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. If you walk with fools, you're going to be a fool. And that's what it is. So when you walk with these people, if you know right now, and I'm sure there's people in your life that I really need to cut that person out of my life because people probably associate me with fools because of that person. That's the life that you live because that's a representation. You circle yourself around those people. You get grouped into that by culture. You get grouped in that by people thing. Here's the other thing, guys, is what you put on social media. That's hard. It really is hard. It's what you post, the things that you do, the things that you say. Here's the thing, guys. If you look at any of my Twitter feed or anything that I do, you'll notice I never post anything about anything when it comes to politics or what's going on. I'll tell you right now, I got a lot to say about politics, all right? Like, I got a lot I can say right now. I got a lot I can say about where I think America's going. But I don't put it out there because it represents who I am. People associate that with me. Here's the thing. I broke my own rule about a week or two ago. Okay, all this stuff about Colin Kaepernick came out, right? Like all this stuff about him not getting up for the national anthem. And if you guys know me, that hits very close to my heart because my father is military. I don't appreciate that. My dad spent a year in Iraq. Like, I, like when I saw that, I'm like, this dude right here, the only reason he's playing football is because of people like my dad. And so it hit close to me. So I tweeted something out, and I said, just like Colin Kaepernick, way to, rep, way to show kids that you should treat re- disrespect with disrespect. 
that he was talking about he's standing up because people are being disrespected. So the only way that he thought to, to fight that back is be disrespectful himself. So I took that personally. I don't know why. Uh, sure, you guys have done the same thing. You've been mad about something. First thing you do is like, I'm just going to put it on social media. I just need somewhere to put it. So I put it out there, and I did. Here's the problem. There's a lady that I go to uh, that works out at my Y. I love her to death. She's extremely involved at Church of the Highlands. She's a big believer, love her to death. She, she tweeted me back, and she said something along the lines of, we can't really judge anybody else until we walk in their shoes. And I go right back, and I'm like, well, that man didn't walk in my dad's shoes when he was in Iraq for a year, and he's sitting there not wanting to get up because he's lazy. And all. so I'm, I'm on Twitter like saying this stuff. And so she knows what I do. She knows that I'm a, I'm a student pastor. She knows my heart. But in that moment... Because I chose to put something on social media, you guys think to yourself, like, she's judging. Like, she's thinking, like, oh, this is somebody that I didn't know Adam was. This is somebody who he's a lot different than I thought he was because I chose to do that. Because I chose to put these things on social media. So, guys, even the smallest of details, something as simple as just putting out that you disagree with something or something like that, it can change how people view you. It can change what what people think about you. So, what are some ways that we can represent Christ. What are some ways? How can we show other people that we represent Christ? The first thing that I said is, guys, you got to live your life out loud. You got to live your life out loud. This goes right back to what we've been talking about when we were at Takeover. Like you gotta, you gotta have a faith that fights. You gotta live out loud. You gotta not let culture or your friends or these other people tell you how you should live your life. You gotta live out loud. That means that, guys, you gotta walk without fear. You gotta walk without worrying <coughs> what your friends say about you. You gotta walk without those things. I know it's hard. I know, like you said, I know you walk into school and sometimes you get judged immediately because they're like, oh, that's a church person. Like, oh, you don't go to parties. You don't do this. You don't go, oh, I'm not gonna invite you out after the football game because you're a church person. You're churchy. That's who you are, right? Like some of you in here are shaking your head because that was me last weekend. Like I got, I, somebody told me that. Like somebody said, hey, that's who you are. But see, here's the thing with that, guys, is that living out loud means that you're not ashamed of it. Think about this way. You'll make fun of me for this analogy, but think about Alabama and Auburn, okay? Southerners, especially Auburn, Alabama fans, some Auburn, I'll admit, Auburn, Alabama fans are a little, okay, we're a little out there. It just comes with the territory when you have like 80-something national championships. But we're out there, and people judge the South, right? Think about it. When you look on TV and you see things on media, like when Alabama or Auburn wins, like, Social media hates us, right? Like, everybody hates us because Alabama and Auburn fans live out loud. They don't care. They don't care what other people think. Like, you can say it all you want. Guess what? We win. We got national championship. You can make fun of me all you want. You can say you hate me, but we win. But that's the mentality that they have. They don't care what other people think about them because, hey, this is my team. This is who I represent, and I don't care what other people think. Guys, why is it not that, why can we not do our own lives like that with our beliefs? Why can we not live our life just like that? I know there's people in here right now that you're that crazy Alabama or Auburn fan that like when Sunday, when Saturday comes, like, hey, this is my church day. Like, hey, like football's on, church is in session. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, okay? Like, you just, like you've, you prayed more times during that football game than you prayed all week long, right? Like, I know some of y'all in this room. So why can't we? Why can't we live a life like that? Why can't we have a representation just like that? Why does it have to be that? Why can't we view our faith in the same fashion that we view our sports? Why can't we do that? Why can't we, why can't we have those things? You know, in Matthew chapter 5, guys, it's a great representation of who we should be. It talks about that we got to be a city on a hill. A city on a hill, it can't be hidden, right? 
Like when you, when you see something on the top of the hill, you know it's there. Like when you're driving down 65, you can see the Vulcan from forever away. Because it sits up there on a hill, you can see it, it can't be. And here's what it says. It says, you are the light that gives light to the world. A city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden, and people don't hide a light under a bowl. They put it on a lampstand so that the light shines for all the people in the house. So guys, why can't we live our life that way? Guys, we can't just simply cover up our faith because we're worried what culture says. We can't simply cover up our faith because we're worried what your friends tell you. We can't cover up our faith because maybe you come from a home where you're the only believer in the household. And it's, you, you're like, hey, I, I don't know what to do. My, my, none of my family will come to church. None of, nobody else will do this. So how do I do that? You say, hey, I'm the only believer among my friends, and they don't like what I do. They don't like what I say. They don't like what I live my life as. Guys, you got to live your life like a city on a hill. you got to stand up there and say, hey, I'm not afraid. I don't have a problem with it. Nobody's going to tell me who my God is. Nobody's going to tell me how to worship my God. Nobody's going to tell me what my God is or who he, what he can do. Like, I say what it is. I'm going to be a city on a hill. It continues. Here's what it says in verse 16. It continues down. It says, in the same way, you should be the light for other people. Live so that they see good things that you do and praise your Father in heaven. Guys, we talked about it last week. But when people see what you do, that they associate who you are. Your actions are a 100% direct reflection of who you are. You know, every meeting that we have at work, I always get the one that gets voted to pray. Because everybody in the work meeting goes, oh, you're a pastor, right? Like, you, you pastor kids, so you, you should pray. I get labeled that, and I don't have a problem with it, but I'm always like, guys, you know, everybody can talk to God. I mean, I'm not, like, any closer to you than the rest of them. But I get associated with that because that's who I am. So why not live our lives that way? Why not embrace what we are, embrace who we are that we live? And it says in Scripture right there, it says that we should do good things. So if we're called to do good things, if we're called to be associated through the works that we do sometimes, and that's how people look at us, is the works that we have. The second thing is, Live your life to serve others. Live your life to serve others. You know, in Scripture, it even says that Jesus himself didn't come to be served. He came to serve. That should really hit close to home, guys, when you think about that. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. So what you have to think about to yourself when you read that in Scripture, what a better way to model Christ than to serve others? The whole point that Christ came to this earth, not, not only just to die and wipe away our sins, but to serve others. What better way to represent Christ and serve others? Here's what it says in James chapter 2. It says, my brothers and sisters, if, you, if people have the same faith but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Can faith like that save them? A brother or sister in Christ might need clothes or food, and you say to that person, God be with you, I hope you stay warm and plenty, eat plenty of food. But you do not give what that person needs, your words or nothing. In the same way, faith by itself that does nothing is dead. Guys, you can claim all you want that you're a believer. You can walk into school. You can go to work. You can make all the claims in the world. You can say as much as you want. Guys, right there in Scripture, James chapter 2, it states, if your words are nothing but air, they mean nothing. If your faith is nothing but air, then, guys, it has nothing. It is dead. God is trying to call us out and say, what do you represent? Who are you? What is it the words that you do? Your actions speak louder than words. 
Guys, there's no better way to show God that you love his son than to model after him. We spend our lives modeling Christ. You know, you had the best way to do this. October 8th, we've got a serve day coming up. And what's so awesome is that this is one of the first times that I really think we're actually going to be able to have a serve day where we have a mass amount of students. We have an opportunity to do that, to show up on September, uh, on October 8th, on a Saturday, that we can serve. What we're going to be doing during that time is, one, we're going to go serve. Uh, we're going to be serving those that are, that are firefighters and policemen, all of our servicemen. You guys know right now they're going through a lot, right? Like they get blamed for a lot. People treat them badly. What we're going to do is just go show them, hey, we appreciate what you do. We appreciate what you represent. We appreciate what you do for us every single day, that you leave your home for your families to keep us safe. That's what we're going to do. We show that we love that. The second thing that we're going to do, guys, is we're going to spend time over here on the highway cleaning up our city. We're partnering with another church to do this. How awesome would it be if we had a bunch of students in their serve shirts on the side of a road, people are driving by like, what are those kids doing? Like, why are they just picking up trash? Why are they cleaning? Because we're cleaning up our city. We're serving others. People are watching you serve other people, and they're learning who Christ is by watching you do something, by watching you get out and serve, by watching you get out and do those things. So what better way to model Christ than to serve? What better way to model Christ than to get out there and do those things? So if we live our life, we live our life out loud, we live our life to serve others. Guys, the last thing we got to do, and it's simple, is just like the message, is guys, we got to live our life like Christ. Plain and simple. We got to live our life like Christ. The easiest way, ultimately the easiest way to represent God, to say we rep God, is to model yourself after Christ, to live your life like Christ. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. You are God's children whom he loves. They try to be like him, live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a sweet-smelling offering and sacrifice to God. Side note, you guys will make fun of my joke, but if I was reading that verse and I was thinking about it, Jesus gave his life for us, a sweet-smelling offering. I told him, I was like, Jesus was not smelling sweet at that time, right? You guys are laughing at my joke. I'm being serious. We were talking about it earlier. Brandon, my pastor Brandon, I'm like, why is that in scripture? But think about it. A sweet-smelling offering and a sacrifice to God is that Guys, we live our life just like Christ. We live our life to love Christ. We live our life to chase after Christ. You know, in some other versions in Scripture, it even talks about the fact is that we need to be imitators. I think that's, a, I think that's honestly the best word of the night that we can use is that we're imitators for Christ. We imitate who Christ is, right? Like an imitation means that we try to, to act and be like that, that we ought to try to act and be like that person. So what better way to, to show that you love Christ than to imitate him? If we're God's children, why don't we try to be like Christ? Why don't we try to be like he is? 